So he busted out this bottle of oil that his pastor friend had given him. And I'm like, well, should we smell it first? Because it's been in the drawer for seven years. He said, no, it's not from Bath and Body Works. We don't have to smell it first. It's anointing oil. This is The Unseen Story, first-hand accounts that reveal God's love and power in the lives of His children. What God has done for our storytellers, He lives to do for you. Hey everybody, it's Adam Brooke. It's good to be with you. Hey guys, so glad you're back with us today. So today we have a story from Sarita, our hysterical new friend. Oh my gosh, uh, she's, she's hysterical. She's so funny. Really funny. Great personality. She comes to us through Sam Chaco, who we told Sam's story a while back. Uh, and so his church is Loft City, is Loft that right? Loft City, yeah. Yep. Sam is a church planner and of Indian descent, as well as Sarita. And Sarita's story is a healing story. It's really, really powerful. Yeah. Buckle up. You're listening to Sarita's story, Healing Oil. Hi, my name is Sarita. I grew up in California. My parents emigrated to America in the 60s. I'm the first of two Christians in my family. My uh, younger brother is also a Jesus freak like myself. And as it turns out, all of my blood relatives are Hindus, except for my brother. As a Christian, though, I am the unofficial black sheep of my family, especially because I'm the first Christian, first of two. I did not know Jesus growing up. My parents are pretty conservative uh, by Western standards, at least. They came from poverty, and, and my father was an engineer. Um, my parents placed an enormous emphasis on education because to them, that was the ticket out of poverty. So growing up, for me, there was no other option but to be a nerd. I mean, I... I won multiple spelling bees, you know, that's cliche. Um, I was known as the trigonometry geek varsity cheerleader in high school. That's what I was known for. Okay, so I came to Saving Faith in 1991. I was in college at UC Davis, kind of near Sacramento. There was a creation versus evolution debate on campus and I was invited by a friend and it blew my mind completely. The debate itself was pretty simple, but it was the way the individual, the debater on the creation side, the way he, his demeanor. There was something about his demeanor that I had never seen before. The man on the evolution side was a philosophy professor at our college. He was an excellent debater, um, very articulate, pretty arrogant. And he was in a local time zone, California. The guy from the creation side, he had flown in from New York. So he was three hours off his time zone and he was very tired by the time this, you know, it was evening time. He was exhausted. And the guy on the evolution side was, I mean, I, I'm sure he thought he was annihilating him, right? And you could tell the guy on the creation side was getting really flustered, he was tired. And the guy, you know, the evolution guy, he was kind of making fun of him a lot. He's just being real sarcastic and rude. So as a debater, the guy on the creation side wasn't winning. But there was something about his demeanor, like I said, I was like, I've, he was, there was just so much grace, the way he carried himself. Like, I'd just never seen that. I had never seen that. He didn't attack back. He wasn't defensive. He was just sticking to, well, you know, this is what I believe. And, and that's what drew me in. It was that. I was, I was just blown away. I had never seen that kind of, I'm not going to say I've never seen it, that I've never witnessed humility. I have, but there was something different about that. When you're on the hot seat, 
like that, all the lights are on you, there's thousands of people watching and you're being humiliated and made fun of and treated like you're missing 20 IQ points. He just, the way he carried on, I was like, there's something, there's something about, I want to know, I want to know who his God is. So I've never come across something like that. So fast forward, I moved to Texas in 2022. Um, that's where I met my husband. Um, we've been married 19 years. We don't have kids, um, not by choice. It's just the way it turned out. <laughs> um, my husband is a psychotherapist. I'm also a healthcare provider. I'm a pediatric healthcare provider. Um, and we are both seminary grads from Dallas Theological Seminary as well. But I am more of a parachurch ministry person, like women's Bible study, women's ministry is my thing. So my passions are Bible study, teaching, writing. Um, I have led women's Bible study for over a decade. Um, I would say the loves of my life include Bible study, Jesus, and not in this order. This is not in order. Jesus is first, of course. Bible study. And I am obsessed with cold-pressed coconut oil. So those are my top three. Um, so today I have a story of healing to share. Before I do that, though, I should let you know um, I am a woman of logic and a woman of reason. I said I'm a healthcare provider, so science, science, science is my background, science and math, the nerd. I believe in evidence-based practice. And so if a friend were to tell me, um, you know, essential oils, I've got all these essential oils, I'm going to put garlic oil in my child's ear for his ear infection, um, I would let her know that there's no evidence for the use of garlic oil in the ear for an infection, and it's probably not a good idea, and it's probably ineffective, and it's probably pretty painful, so don't do it. Um, so that's me. So speaking of healing oil, <laughs> I'm going to get into my story now. I had surgery um, about a year ago for a problem that never went away. So this was my second surgery for the same problem. So the first surgery was in 2020. Second one was in 2022. Anybody that's ever had surgery knows afterwards it's a lot of clear liquids, jello. Make sure you take your pain meds. The evidence shows pain hinders healing, so make sure you take your pain meds. I mean, that's always push. Like, don't try to tough it out. Just take your pain meds. It's okay, you know. Um, and being the rule-following compliant patient that I am, you know, I just do everything on the list. Surgery was in the morning. I get sent home later that day. And that night, my stomach started hurting. Now, mind you, the surgery was nowhere near my stomach. Had nothing to do with my GI tract. So, but killing me. Like, there was a knife below my sternum. I mean, that's how it felt. It was like a sharp, stabbing pain. So, in healthcare, we have, you know, we ask patients, like, where's your pain level? Zero is no pain. Ten is, like, the worst pain on earth. And so my pain level was an eight out of 10. And you know, so pretty intense. Eating made it worse, lying down made it worse. So I contacted my surgeon and I also contacted a GI doctor. Both of them decided or determined that my gut had not rebooted properly, whether it was the anesthetic gases or whatever medication they'd put in the IV line, my gut had not rebooted properly. So it was just angry, like madder than a wet cat, angry. So the re recommendation was to eat from a very short list of foods, very bland, simple, like applesauce, rice, mashed bananas, basically baby food. That's what you can eat now. You can eat baby food. And the surgeon and the GI doctor both agreed that I needed to stop taking all of my pain medication 
because the pain meds were irritating my stomach lining. And the GI doctor was also pretty sure that I had an ulcer. Um, so remember, this is the day after surgery. So stop all pain meds, the day after surgery, whether it was prescription pain meds over the counter, so no codeine, no Motrin, like they wouldn't even let me take Tylenol. And then the GI doctor put me on many stomach medications because he was suspecting an ulcer. Um, so I was taking, you know, like eight pills a day just for my stomach, but no pain meds and nothing worked. <laughs> so I would go a few hours, a little bit of relief here and there. The pain would maybe drop down to level four if I was lucky. Um, but then I'd eat cause you know, we have to eat and then the pain would come right back. Remember I'm eating like jello, pudding, bananas. <laughs> like I'm not eating meatball sub sandwich. I'm not eating shrimp fra diablo or not eating curry, I'm not eating Indian food. So between the stomach pain and the pain from the surgical site, like I would just, talk, like I couldn't get comfortable. Nighttime was pretty treacherous. I would just toss and turn all night. Like I just couldn't get comfortable. You know, anybody that's ever had surgery knows that the recovery time is supposed to be a time of rest. Um, you know, you don't go to work, you're taking it easy. Um, you're eating comfort foods, you're watching movies, you're... <laughs> But two of my favorite activities, eating and sleeping, were completely just gone for me. So the GI doctor, he was pretty concerned because now days had gone by and nothing was relieving the pain. His medications weren't working. And like I said, he suspected I had an ulcer. And he said, you know, I think we're gonna, you're going to have to have an emergency scope procedure because we just have to figure out why you're in so much pain. This is not normal. We had scheduled that. The earliest I could get in was like, I don't know, a few days, like the following, it was like two weeks post-surgery. So after all these days of like day and night, day and night, day and night, I can't eat, I can't sleep, I can't eat, I can't sleep. My stomach hurts, my surgical site hurts. I was exhausted, probably a little crazy. Felt sorry for my husband during that time. <laughs> probably wasn't very pleasant to live with. Sleep deprived, not eating enough. And you know, your body can't heal when, you're, when it's not getting nutrients and you're not getting rest. So this must have been about, I don't know, the, maybe the eighth or ninth night. I was getting ready for bed in tears, just not looking forward to going to bed because going to bed is supposed to be restful, but for me, it hadn't been. Um, and I knew it was gonna, just going to be another hard night. Now, my husband, he's a psychotherapist, like I mentioned. So he said, let me try this technique on you. It's called ART. Don't ask me what ART stands for. It's not what I do for a living. But... He said, I'm going to try this technique on you to try to bring the pain level down. And so he tried that technique on me, and the pain went from an eight to about a six, and I'm being generous. Um, so, you know, not low enough to sleep, but, you know, I mean, I was grateful to try whatever. And, you know, then Sam said, well, let's try something else. So he busted out this bottle of oil that his pastor friend had given him like seven years prior. I didn't even know we had this thing. I'm like, what is that? He's like, it's anointing oil. And it had never been opened. And I'm like, well, should we smell it first? Because it's been in the drawer for seven years. And he said, no, it's not from Bath and Body Works. We don't have to smell it first. It's anointing oil. So I had never had anointing oil put on my person before I hadn't even I'd heard of it like when you read the Bible yeah I mean you know you hear you read about it but 
I didn't know it was like still a thing in the 21st century. So I'm like, okay, well, you know, I'm desperate. So I'm like, let's just do it. I don't know what you're supposed to do, but just do it. <laughs> so he put the oil on my forehead. Um, he made a cross on my forehead and then just under my ribs where the pain was. Um, and he started pr- praying and I'm crying. So I'm not really like paying attention to his prayer because I'm just sobbing because I'm so uncomfortable. And so I'm not really hearing his prayer. But I do remember two things, two things like really stood out. He prayed fervently for one. And within what must have been about three seconds, the pain just balled up inside of me. Like it got really intense. And then it just shot out of my body. Like it shot out, like down, like through my legs, through my feet and out. And I opened my eyes and I was like, what just happened? And he's still praying. Because that just happened like about three seconds into the prayer. And after he finished praying, he asked where my pain level was. And I, I said, I think it's a one. But I don't even know if I'd really call it a one. I don't know if I'd call it pain because I just feel a sensation in my stomach. But I don't know if it's really pain. I feel something there. But I don't know if a one is even accurate. By the next morning, my pain was a level zero. And I didn't know this, but Sam said that while he was praying, I was breathing funny and I gasped. So I think I think I, said, I mentioned that, like I gasped because the pain balled up inside of me. Like it was really intense, but he didn't know why I gasped. And he said, well, you gasped in the moment that I said in the name of Jesus. See, I didn't hear his prayer because I was so distracted from the pain. But when he said in the name of Jesus, I gasped, I didn't know. And then the pain shot out of me. So the next morning, like I said, the pain was down to a level zero from an eight to a zero, which to me is nothing short of supernatural. My GI scope was then coming up in a couple days. And Sam asked me, because, you know, the couple days went by and still pain was zero. Like I was able to eat, I was able to sleep, like all the things I couldn't do, I could do. And he said, well, what do you think the GI doctor is going to find on your scope procedure? And he knows I'm a total healthcare nerd. Like I read articles like crazy, I research. And he's like, what do you think the GI doctor is going to find on your procedure? And I said, nothing, because I think, I believe that God healed me. So that's what I think he's going to find is nothing. Um, And I knew he could do that. I wasn't expecting that kind of healing, though. So that's what blew my mind. Like, God showed me, you know, I'm bigger than all your scientific articles. I had never experienced something like that in my life. I'm a scientist. I'm very much a scientist. So, you know, I'm very logical and very, like, that doesn't make sense. And it doesn't make sense from a science perspective. And I don't think such immediate healing Maybe maybe more like, yeah, you know, diagnosed with this illness and I've been under treatment and, you know, a year went by and now I'm healed of it. That's different from this was like immediate when like two days later I go in for my scope and all the tissue is normal. There's no, not even evidence that there was inflammation or an ulcer or anything. You would think like two days later there'd be something that they would see, that the doctor would see. And there was nothing like it's like all your, you look completely healthy on the inside. I don't know why you were in so much pain. Stomach, esophagus, duodenum, all healthy. I think back to Pastor Matt Chandler um, when he announced his diagnosis of oligodendroglioma. 
and his oncologist had given him 18 months to live, um, which was over a decade ago, and he's alive and doing well. And his miraculous supernatural healing defied medical science. And I realize that my story is like not nearly as mind-blowing as his, <laughs> but it's just as miraculous because it defied medical science. And I love stories like that because it proves that the unseen world is very real and God is very much at work. James 5, verses 14 through 15 says, Is anyone among you sick? Then he must call for the elders of the church. I'm going to start again. Is anyone among you sick? Then he must call for the elders of the church, and they are to pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will restore the one who is sick. Amen. That's my unseen story. Thanks for listening. So that was Sarita. What uh, what do you have to say about that one? Well, first of all, I just got to get this out of the way. Sarita, I never got to ask you why you have such a um, affinity for cold pressed coconut oil. Coconut oil. <laughs> it was it was unexpected, wasn't it? <laughs> Jesus, the Bible, and cold pressed coconut oil. <laughs> Which one of these things does not? Um, yeah. One of these things is not like the other. other, Oh my gosh. So funny. Okay. So, so text me and tell me, tell me why that is. That's hysterical. And then I think it's interesting that Sarita comes at this from the perspective of science. You know, she comes from a background of evidence-based truth, right? Um, And she has no, no, like no scientific reasoning for what happened to her. And I don't think she was expectant of it. I mean, she's mm. like, should we sniff that? <laughs> mm-hmm. Like it's been in the drawer for seven years. Is it still okay to use? Mm-hmm. And I love that because one, it's funny. And two, because there's no expiration date on God's goodness and God's healing and mm. God's power. Mm. Right. And that oil wasn't about the oil. That oil was about the blessing. Mm-hmm. and about the power of Christ working in and through Sarita. Mm-hmm. And I just love that. Mm-hmm. Um, it gives me chills because it's so unexpected. Yeah, I loved when she read that James verse and just the her reading it put embodies it. Mm. And it just gets me... Um, brings me to tears every time I've heard it four or five times now. And, mm. Um but uh, another, I think, interesting thing about the unexpectedness of her story, she said something in the early on. She said that, uh, according to studies, pain hinders healing, mm. which is so much of these the supernatural does is it flips the script mm. uh, and defies reasoning and logic. Mm-hmm. And actually, pain brought her to a place of healing, supernatural healing. Mm-hmm. So, and I think that's true of, you know, we've been, I don't know, I feel like we've been mentioning suffering often over the last several months. We've been in a place. Or years. 
<laughs> We've had some real challenges um, with our youngest and going through Crohn's and some things at school and and all that to say like it's we've suffered um but suffering has brought has brought us closer to god and Mm -hmm. brought a greater awareness of what he went through and endured on our behalf Mm -hmm. and i i just feel closer to him i feel that i understand the gospel better just going back to the idea of like pain hinders healing. Well, sometimes pain brings us to a realization that um, where healing is found, where true healing is found. Well, uh, and the, I think the interesting part of that is, you know, we've been involved in ministry, whether it be um, like a 12 step recovery ministry um, or uh, post-abortion ministry or marriage ministry over the last like 20 years, we have seen time and time and time and time and time and time again, that pain actually does lead to healing and that unfortunately we are creatures of comfort and it is that pain that leads us to seek healing because we're desperate. Mm-hmm. Come to me, all who are weary, and I will give you rest. It's the weariness that draws us to them. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's very interesting. Um, and and it's funny because we, like, we're focusing on that when, like, that healing was supernatural. Like, oh, my gosh, thank you, Jesus, for what you have done in Sarita's life and how you manifested so quickly it's like she said like it was instantaneously that's really cool yeah it's amazing the other the other thing uh that i thought was cool about her story was the the weakness of the debater Hmm. like how in his uh that was uh, that was a big you can tell that was a big uh catalytic moment in her faith Mm mm-hmm and it wasn't his wittiness or his intellect. It was his demeanor in his in his weakness mm. that God's power was made uh, um, apparent to her. Yeah. And so I thought that was a pretty cool part of her story, uh, which I mean I think goes along, which parallels I think some of the like in her weakness, uh, in her pain, in her inability to through medical means to resolve this place of pain and suffering that she was in, God showed up in an unexpected way. Big time. Just like God showed up in an unexpected way in that debate. Mm. Uh, So there's a a kind of a cool parallel there that um, that's really cool. I just love Sarita's story. I thought it was short, sweet, and has a lot of, you know, little details in you know, of course, her her humor in, in the midst of it yeah. uh, was really was really fun. Yeah, yeah, really great. So, we're, thank you, Sarita, for sharing with us and making us laugh. You're awesome. All right, we love you guys. With every episode, we encourage you to ask Holy Spirit what He wants to say to you through this story. We invite you to partner with us through your God-given resources of time, prayer, and finances. Without your sharing, these stories don't spread to those who need them. Without your prayers, 
we are limited in what we can do for the kingdom. Without your finances, these powerful stories of God's supernatural love go untold. God has called us to share His stories, and we invite you to be a part of that mission. For more information, be sure to check out our website at theunseenstory.org. Thanks so much for listening.